This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. What's going on, guys? I want to welcome you back to a, another episode of Pivotal Conversations. We are officially in 2021. Where the fuck did 2020 go? That's all I'm asking. Crazy, crazy. Um, you're probably talking to the most sunburnt guy uh, in the world right now. Um, fell asleep uh, at the beach uh, on the on uh, literally uh, on Boxing Day, reading books and and just kind of enjoying myself and forgetting that I'm I'm part Scottish. Um, you know, well, fifty percent Scottish, which you know that should probably sit in my head when I go to the beach and make me realise that no. I'm not one of those people, and to those people out there, fuck you, that just tans, just straight away, no burn, straight to tan, uh, and anyway, anyway, this is not your problem, this is not your problem. Really cool episode coming up for you guys today, uh, Industry Insights, we're talking fitness technology, uh, and how it will play a massive role in the transformation of business models in 2021. Um, I've posed a question to you guys. I think that, you know, stay tuned for that. If there's one thing you stay tuned for, it's Killian Hamilton. Um, if there's another, then it's definitely this question because I think if you answer this question about business model um, based on the insights provided in industry insights, I think you're going to be a very successful business owner in 2021 and make a lot of progress. But then talk to Killian Hamilton, the boy wonder from Prescript, um, the up-and-coming uh, killer, in a sense, I would say. He's a very, very smart individual. He's the director of innovation at Prescript, who's obviously one of the the, the most uh, fastest-growing uh, businesses uh, in the fitness industry right now. So uh, it, it's really cool to have a chat with him and talk about his journey, but then we also dive into some pretty cool concepts around time and some of the mindsets he's held around time and money. Uh, and monetizing time, which I think is probably one of the biggest lessons you've got to learn in business. And we talk pretty deeply about that and, and kind of even myself going to some of the metrics that we track to help you guys manage some of that time, um, which is it's, it's a really cool conversation, guys. So just, as I said, stay tuned for that. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And then the arena, we talk a little bit about white lies and some of the... Uh, the unsustainability and the you know the the uh, lack of foundation that it creates for sustainability in business. Uh, so, a lot to look forward to there um, as a, from an episode perspective. Before we jump into that, we have the business mastery program. The next intake uh, is launching January eighteenth. We actually only took on two intakes uh, in the second half of last year because we're at capacity. Uh, so for, some spots have opened up um, officially, which we're we're pretty excited about to bring some new faces in in 2021. But this is this is what I like to call our business coaching program. So this is the only offer that we have where you can go through our full education process, right? So uh, or education journey, which is basically taking you through our pillars and our concepts in order in an accelerated fashion. Uh, usually you have to wait for intakes and, and do course by course. This is the only uh, option that you get where you, you get all of that in order in an accelerated manner. And that order is to specifically help you scale a business. Uh, and then we combine that with business coaching. So really experienced business coaches um, who have done what you're trying to do. Uh, and that's scale a business, create autonomy uh, and, and really find freedom within their business. 
um, which is, you know, and, and continue to grow, obviously, with, you know, uh, from a revenue perspective, but also a legacy perspective. Um, so, you know, if you're somebody who is um, at the point where you're either uh, ready to scale your business and, and uh, you've reached a ceiling, you can't seem to, to break through that ceiling, uh, you're time poor and, and you kind of want to take it to the next level, or you're somebody who's ready to scale, you're at that point where you just go, I, I really want to accelerate this thing and, and make 2021 my year, uh, then this is something that's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be something that... Um, will dramatically help you. We only take on five people at any one point in time. It's very exclusive. Um, uh, to We want to manage quality uh, and we want to make sure that the five that come in absolutely crush it. So that's really important to us. Um, but uh, it, as I said, guys, this is uh, our business coaching program, which um, you know, in 2021, uh, we're taking it to a new level. We're adding new things. There's a lot of different perks in there as well, such as a private podcast. Uh, and you know an extra 70 hours worth of business content on top of our short courses you're getting access to an alumni which is fucking extremely high level like it's crazy the some of the businesses and business owners we got in there at the moment um, and it's only getting better and better as we add uh, you know new people like yourselves into it okay so January 18th that kicks off keep an eye out uh, head to our website there is an application process not everybody gets accepted I will say that so um, that's just a, a little uh, heads up um, but as I said it's really exciting and we're pumped for 2021 as should you be as should you be uh, you know hopefully um, it's it's uh, we get on the back end of COVID and we start to really um, to really start to, to make some progress there but I'm not I'm not holding my breath all right guys up next industry insights uh, and I'll see you on the other side All right, guys, so Industry Insights, what is happening? What's the insight for 2021? Now, we are literally in the fit tech uh, age, in a sense, is how I want to put it. Uh, over the next five years, you're going to see a really dramatic emergence of technology-driven fitness um, uh, services, right? And I just think that I'm not really talking about the uh, going live on Instagram with your shirt off, six-pack, douchebag online fitness coach the laptop lifestyle kind of thing i'm talking about we're starting to see big business really start to enter the sector companies such as apple barry's boot camp um and and there's many more that are really starting to drive into the online space one because they have to yes i understand that right but they're really starting to enter the the space of um fit tech right in a sense where they're using technology and and going online with the way they're delivering their service um you know, and, and that's that's kind of the big move, right? I want you to understand that when in institutions really start to move into the space and they really start to, to push into a space and start to deliver some type of service in that space, that means that there's going to be dramatic innovation in that space, right? So this is a sign, right? And, and this is a sign that I think as, as, as individual business owners, right? So if we really start to look at go and go, Okay, what does this mean for the small dog? What does this mean for us, the small people, the small business owners of the of the land, right? I think what you'll start to see is that this means that you have to move extremely quickly, right? You, you've heard me talk about production, right? So, you know, I've mentioned a few times on this podcast that production is going to be really important. So the quality of of your of your camera, the quality of you know your production when it comes to prov um, producing media. 
The other thing that's going to be extremely important in then you know over the next five years that I think you guys really need to start to focus on in 2021 is the year that it's going to happen, that transition and and I think if I think if you if you're too slow to move you're dead. I think you're already gone. I think you may as well you may as well pack up your bags. You're just going to be someone who's time poor and busy, and that's not the fucking goal, right? But the thing I want to I want to really emphasize here is that business model is so fucking important here. Right, innovation is upon us. You know, to the consumer, how we deliver our service matters more than ever. You know, you got to think about Apple Fitness. um, You know, all of these companies going online. The thing that's going to matter the most to the consumer is how we're actually delivering it. Right. So, you know, is it frictionless? Is it is it um, is it easy? Is it high production? Is it quality? Is it premium? Right. And then on the other side, as a business owner, your business model is about to go through a transformation. Right. So. You, you have to start to think about both sides of the pie, you know, um, to the consumer, it's about quality, premium, production, you know, how we deliver our service matters. To us, it's about going, okay, well, you know, how many big box gyms are going to be around in five years? I'm not sure. My prediction is they're going to go downhill, right? But what this is going to start to mean is that more than ever, we're going to start to move into this online space, but it's going to be about the business model. How do we deliver it? Can we leverage something like Kajabi to deliver our service and create courses for onboarding to deliver videos? Is there some type of software that's going to come out that's going to allow you to combine something like a Kajabi and a Trainerize where you're delivering education at the same time as Trainerize or are you just simply doing both of those? Like, the business model is so important now and especially because there's an opportunity on the cha- table for many business owners with the acceleration of technology to actually start to to make those changes to business model. Uh, I just think that it's really important. So my question that I pose to you guys, right? The, pe- the question that I pose to you that I think if you answer this in 2021, you're going to have an extremely successful year. So pay attention and think about this deeply. How can you leverage media and technology to create a more scalable and frictionless business model. How can you leverage media and technology to create a more scalable and frictionless business model personally to your business right now? Answer that question and then go fucking crush 2021. My interview with Killian Hamilton is coming up next. Stay tuned. All right, guys, I'm sitting here with Killian Hamilton. He is the up-and-coming superstar from Prescript, who is taking the fitness uh, scene by storm at the moment. So for those of you who don't know him, some of you may, but I want you to just give yourself a bit of an intro and and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, uh, so my name is Killian Hamilton. Um, I guess most know me as the Director of Innovation and Programming for Prescript. Uh, and Prescript Canada as well in the coaching position. Uh, and then I run my own coaching and consulting company called K2 Performance Coaching. Uh, we offer one-on-one consultations, uh, remote coaching, and uh, a mentorship program as well for SNCs and up-and-coming uh, remote coaches. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, brother, what I want to do is I want to dive into your journey within the fitness industry because I think – like um most of the time man when you start to gain some traction or at least make some some serious progress uh 
within your career, people only see the surface, right? They only see uh, where you're at right now. So um, I'd love to get, gain a little bit of insight into your journey through the fitness industry uh, and, yeah. and kind of how you've gotten to, to where you are right now. Yeah, man. Well, I think like you're so right. And everyone always goes like the overnight success took a decade, right? And it's, it's very true a lot of the times. And I think that's very true of myself. Like, obviously I've become relevant in, you know, I guess this more global sense, this more online sense, you know, within the last 10 to 11 months, but I've been working in the fitness industry now nine, nine and a half years um, from, you know, working in commercial gyms to doing, you know, small remote coaching to, uh, you know, meeting shallow and becoming an educator and then, you know, really diversifying like the online offerings I have. But I started back applying to a commercial gym in 2011, 2012. Um, I knew, I knew how to lift myself. Like I was competing in powerlifting at the time and uh, I didn't want to work a regular job. I wanted to be in a gym all day. And I thought uh, personal training seemed like an easy sell and you learn really quick that it's not. Uh, so yeah, I got <laughs> I got a job as a personal trainer at a big commercial gym. And uh, back when I started, it was very much, you know, the boiler room ask, you know, numbers gain of gaining clients where you're, you know, just kind of like pounding the pavement and booking as many consults as you can a week and sitting down with people and taking people for a 20 minute workout, using neuro-linguistic programming on them, showing them a $10,000 price, and then, you know, overcoming their objections and hopefully they give you their credit card. And uh, it was just rinse and repeat and do that day in and day out, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Man, I know that so much. And that's so truthful. That, that, there's so much truth to that, right? I think like the, the NLP, uh, that make, made me laugh because it's, it, it is really, especially when you're getting into it and like your skill set's quite low, like, you know, you're pretty much relying on the fact that you, you can, you know, a little bit about psychology and you can kind of see where this conversation's going and you know the right time to wrap it all up and, and ask for the sale um and it's interesting right because you, you you start to rely on that you know and and then and then a lot of like as i said because there's a lack of skill set you know you're the reality and, and something i kind of want to talk about this a little bit because something i did hear you talk i can't remember what podcast it was but maybe it was the hybrid podcast where you're all ripping on jordan that was oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was that one but um, and you were kind of talking about how it's quite the opposite now with yourself, right? Like you kind of, you do things on your own terms and, and you work on your own terms. And uh, I, I love the way that you put that because I think that that's probably the biggest learning for myself along the way as well, right? Is like, you know, I've gone from doing the 40 sessions a week, you know, like same as you, 5 a.m., 9 p.m., grinding my ass off to give myself the ability to build the skill set you know along the journey actually having money to invest in myself and then the ability now to you know I'm, I'm very much the same where a lot of my day is probably doing what we're doing now um and then you know I, I'm, I'm at a stage now where I probably only deal with you know maybe three or four people a week you know and and the rest is you know outsourced and and we've got a team built and these kind of things but it's really interesting that you kind of go through that and the very start of your career is um, grinding and doing what you can to build that skill set. But now you, and then I want you to give a little bit of an insight into that philosophy um, of, you know, working on your own terms and, you know, when you give yourself three hours to four hours to do something, usually you'll get it done. 
Yeah, um, I, I think it's funny too, right? And I, I think for, for most people, when they read self-help books and they read business books or they listen to business things, you can get lost in almost the lost profit of the idea. It's like, I do nothing all day. I do things when I want to do them. But like, there's something to be gleaned from that as well as almost the play on words. It's like, I do things when I want to do them. Well, to be honest with you, I want to make money. So primarily what I do is try and make money. And I think people need to not neglect the idea of having control over your day for not doing anything with your day. And, and in that being said, like, I didn't quit a nine to five job for a big business to work my own nine to five on my own. Like I didn't quit for financial reasons. I quit for, for freedom and for creativity. So the first non-negotiable I had when I went off on my own was, was that freedom to say, you know, like I prefer to work out at 2 PM. Like that's the time I train. The first thing I wrote in my schedule is when I was going to go to the gym and the Second thing I wrote in my schedule was when I was going to read because it's the two things I always found got pushed to the side when I worked for a big business was training and reading when I wanted to. So I was like, those are the first two things that go on my schedule. And I built out a schedule around that to say, you know what, I have, now I have a block of time. I can, you can start to curate blocks of time. You can start to see these periods and blocks in time in your day. And you go, well, I have four hours here. Like what, how do I, how do I number one, organize that four hours? And two, how do I directly monetize four hours? And for me, it was understanding when I had no business, like I started with two clients. I have 47 clients now. My business has changed dramatically, but I looked at it as anything that wasn't directly monetized was business development. Anything that was directly monetized was work. And I wanted to work more than I developed the business. So I had to find ways of monetizing all hours of my day and that's where I started to develop what offerings I would have was, you know, I need to monetize more of this time. I, I can't, I can't disguise going on Instagram for business development. Liking people's photos is not business development, right? So it's understanding that was the first thing I had to, I had to understand was create blocks of time visually, then organize the blocks of time and then monetize the blocks of time. It's really interesting. I think like one of the biggest takeaways from that for me is like freedom is a choice, right? Like I think a lot of people, you know, like that's the word that I get the most is like, if I'm sitting down with somebody and, and I'm like, Hey, like, you know, and we're trying to develop their business and their business skills. It's like, what's the first thing that comes out of their mouth is like, oh, I want freedom. And it's like, yeah, I think like the, the mistake people make is under, is, is kind of the, them thinking that they don't have it already. Right. And it's like, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a way of thinking in my opinion, you know, like, like you said, it's like, because, uh, and then, you know, it resonated uh, deeply with me. It was, you know, ask Shallow, like when, whenever me and him hanging out, like the first thing I do in the morning is read for three hours and I'm just writing notes. And it's because like my, me running a business gives me that choice. And it's understanding that, you know, especially when it comes to building skill sets and, and you know, educating yourself and, and reading these self-help books and, and so on. It's like a lot of the time, I find that people are reading for the sake of reading. And then it's, it, that is the exact reason why they're not prioritizing freedom. Like it's the same concept. Right. So I think like the thing that, you know, resonated most with me with what you just said then was like, you know, you wanted freedom and that's the reason you chose to leave the nine to five. And most people don't understand that is that it's sitting right in front of their eyes. They just have to change their, their, their way of thinking and their mindset around it you know, which is, it's a really interesting concept when you think of it that way, because I think that in itself would, you know, we talk about making money, right? Like the, the, 
the only like the limiting factor in business for me and I kind of tell everybody this is it's always time so whether it's you know whether it's your own time like even myself now the limiting factor for me is my team's time you know like I'm always trying to find more time and, and create more time you know find more leverage in a sense when it comes to the business so I think it's and a lot of it comes from that mindset you know we recently just uh, released uh, a we, we, it's, it's called business offense in a sense, but it's all around creating more leverage continuously. So what strategies can we use to create more leverage? But as I said, it, it all, a lot of this stuff just starts in the mind. So where, where do you think you got that mindset from? Or is there, is it like a philosophy that you, you know, you've drawn upon or is it something that just kind of, it, it's been with you? For, do you think you got it from working that nine to five? You know, I think I had it, I think I had it before I worked the nine to five and like growing up, growing up, my family didn't have a lot of money. Um, like when I was a kid, I would, all of my clothes until I had a part-time job were secondhand clothes. You know, all of the groceries were basic groceries, bread, rice, Cheerios, whatever. And I was like, I remember when I got my first part-time job, I got a job immediately when I could get a job. And the first thing I did was go to the mall and I bought new clothes at a, like a clothing store. The first thing I wanted was clothes no one had ever worn before. And I realized like there's nothing rewarding about the possession of money, but there's something rewarding about the freedom that having money brings you. It's like, I don't need to buy clothes, but if I needed to, I could. And it's like, that's a, like you talk about having leverage or I, I use the phrase like having bandwidth and, and being monetarily stable is an ability to extend your bandwidth because it's not something that's in the back of my mind ever. I'm never like, we're sitting here right now. I'm not thinking how much is my rent? When is rent due? What are my bills? I don't think they just come out and I'm okay. And I think the driving factor for me in finding a way to monetize all aspects of my life came out of growing up without money and understanding like if I could never think about money again, how it would just be a different lifestyle. It wouldn't be better because my life was great. But it's like, it would just be different. What is the difference? And then when you get a job, like you and I have both had in a commercial gym where it's incentivized to build your own business and you're surrounded with two people, people who are successful and you're surrounded with people who go, I've been, I've been working at the gym all day, but they haven't been working because it wasn't directly monetized. Like they got to the gym at six, they had two clients. It's now 8 PM. No, you worked two hours, but you've just been in this building. Now there's no amount of structure or constraint that you can apply to that individual that will make them successful because they're physically in a building where all of the money exists within the building and they can't simply walk over to somebody and ask for it. So I realized when I was constrained to a basement of a mall commercial gym that it was like, man, I'm going to be here until 9 PM. I'm trying to get paid for every hour. Like if I'm going to be in here for 16 hours, like why don't I just get paid to be here? I never want to do anything for free in my life. So I think it came from the fear of having no money, which I think is something me and Shallow uh, hold very close to our hearts. And two, it came from, I never want to do anything for free. Yeah, I think, I think, I think everybody has that close to their hearts. I think, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, or not everybody, like that's probably not the, not, not true, but I mean, I know that for me was something like from the age of 18, man, like I was out of home, you know, like, yeah. on my own I, I started a business without even knowing i started a fucking business you know what i mean like i remember like i was at university studying marketing and i was like i don't want to fucking do this like 
you know, it's funny because I'm in business now and, and a lot of people tie business with marketing, but um, I was studying marketing at university and I just did not want to do it. And I was like, okay, so what do I want to do? What do I love? And it was like, okay, I love the fucking gym. That's probably what I could do. That's, uh, you know, effortless in a sense, right? Like I can, I could do this all day and, and work, you know, ridiculous amount of hours and, and I still probably love it. So I, I got into that. Um, and, you know, the thing for me about that was like, the reason I got into that was because it was something that I loved to do, right? It was like, I needed to get into that uh, because it was, and, and it, there's something that tying that together for me was like, okay, when I got into the gym, when I got to that nine to five, sorry, when I got out of that kind of my version of nine to five was university. It was like one of the quickest things that I learned there was that, okay, I was there from, I remember my first day I was there from 5am and I left there at 8.30. Right. And I was like, okay, I didn't make any money today. <laughs> right. And that was like, that, that clicked into my head and I was like, okay, holy shit. I've got to, I've got to kind of pay rent. Right. Cause like at that time, as I said, I just moved out of home. And that for me was like one of the scariest days of my life was like, I've been there the whole day. I didn't get paid. And I was like, okay, so, I'm going to look this, this word up in the dictionary business. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I, I'm not guaranteed a wage here. Yeah. And I remember that that's probably the first lesson for me that was like business. There's no guarantees anymore. Right. And, and that was like, that was scary. And then the second time was, and this was pretty wild at the time, but I like, I'd probably had some success. I think it was the first time I had six figures as a coach and I, same thing, I was like, to you going to buy the clothes, it was like, for me, I was like, my, like, I, I, to be honest, I don't know whether this was a something subconscious, but I wanted to like live closer to my mother. And like, I keep following her, like, it's weird. Um, but I wanted to move to this suburb, because I thought like, you know, I actually sat down with my stepfather at the time, who's kind of really, he's like ex-military. So he's kind of really into like self-development and next level and he's like what success look like to you and for some reason i had this suburb in my head anyway so fucking probably one of the biggest mistakes i ever made in my life but i wanted to move my i had you know 40 clients at a gym wanted to move to this other gym in in this other area which was probably about a 45 minute drive so just think about that and i <laughs> this is me being young, went and signed a lease in this area after getting promised by one of the gyms because they were like connected gyms that they would take me on and I would be able to pay like half rent, right? So I'd pay full rent. It was like a, they called it like a passport. <laughs> and that was kind of like, you know, it was like a handshake agreement, right? Anyway, went and signed the lease at this other place uh, in that area, which I think was like at the time, I was thinking I was paying like 400 bucks a week in rent, right? Um, got to the other gym and they're like, nah, sorry, dude, like you got to pay double rent. So like that worked out to be, I think it was like $1,100 before I got to see an app, a dollar. Like that's not including like tax and and everything, man. And that same week I lost my license. 
So like, not only am I living here, which is 45 minutes away from where my business, like my core business is, which I've got all my clients. And then I lost my license and I've got to try build my business up at this other place. Cause I've just signed another 12 month agreement. And like, I think, I think every day for six months while I didn't have a license, I was up at three 15 in the morning, I would catch a train and I would get to my other gym where my core business was work there from five to 12, catch the train back, work from there from to build my business up to like eight thirty, nine o'clock and then walk home and it would take me an hour. I'd get home at 10.30 and I would be straight back up and I did that for six months. And like, I, I look back at that now and like, to be honest, that's probably like for me, that was like the biggest lesson ever because it, it showed me two things. Showed me that like, you know, it's probably not going to get any worse than that. But it also showed me that I do not want to, ever be put in that situation again where I first of all fear like I have to literally I felt like like man I saw like every day was a fucking grind but it was like it just showed me that like you know if I want to monetize and make a, a true business out of this then I can't just sell my time like that like and and you know monetizing hours for me was great but it's like it also showed me that there's no way I'm spending my whole day in a gym doing this all day, no matter how, like, you know, I love, co- I love coaching people, but damn, that was like the, the biggest lesson in the world for me was that. Um, and so they're probably the two biggest lessons when it comes to like fear around money, but also understanding that, you know, the, the time for money scale in my head, like that was always going to be the limiting factor. Like, you know, and that, 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 that kind of is like, you know, my mindset now is that, you know, the limiting factor in any business is always time, whether it's my time or my team's time. So how I can leverage my time better and, and kind of monetize it better is always going to be the thing that gets me the most growth as a business owner. Yeah, it's so true, right? And like, I, I speak to that all the time. Like time is my most expensive commodity because of the fact that I left the business in which, my time wasn't valuable, right? Like where I was on the hook for, you know, 12 hours a day and whatnot. And, and, and when you do in-person training, the thing that people don't see is like, you're working the hours that no one else is working, which are the hours that you don't want to work. And on top of that, if people don't show up, you don't get paid. And I can't be sitting there waiting for, I don't want someone else to have control over how much I make because I know how hard I'm willing to work. And it's like, I'm willing to work these 12 hours but if no one shows up, it's no fault of my own. So I would rather be, I would rather be put into the position I am now where I can look at a day planner and I can take a highlighter out and go like, can I 3X, can I 4X, 5X, 10X my business if I just take this yellow highlighter to all this empty time on this one day? And that's, that's also an obstacle that you run into when you start to have a successful business on your own. Because like you and me, and I think a lot of people who get into this, like you said, like you chose this because you're passionate about doing it. And I think there are people who are intrinsically good at, at selling things or, or running a business or selling themselves. And, and they just have to have a product put in front of them that they believe in. For you and I, I think it was fitness. And I think that is tied in some ways to some type of caring principle for other people. We want to establish a better quality of life at first through fitness. And then now I think for you and I, it's through you know the health monetarily of people's lives. So in looking at that, it's just this idea that 
you know, you sit around and you have like a semi-successful business where money, like an X factor of money, you know, a figure number wasn't what was in your head initially. And you get to a point where you're comfortable. Like, I don't have to think about what my rent is, but then the motivation almost drops off the face of the earth. Cause I'm like, well, I'm comfortable now. I could pay my rent. I got Versace flip-flops and I'm good for another 24 days. But where the, the motivation comes from is looking at that empty day planner and going, but I'm not doing anything for six hours today and why not? And, and for me, my biggest motivator is just to be the best at anything I do. Like I just would like to be the person that's the best. There's no fixed criteria because the best changes. It was Michael Jordan, then it was Kobe, then it was LeBron. Well, the best will always change. So I just want to always be in conversation with the best. So for me to look at a Friday afternoon and say, I have no appointments booked, well, what can I do to monetize that time? Because there's somebody else out there who's doing it and someone's going to call them the best because they are now more visible than I am. So I want to be in front of more people. This kind of just makes me like, you know, hanging out with Jordan and and kind of that that's kind of the, the one thing that I guess similarities, right? And And kind of hearing that is like music to my ears because it's, you know, as I said, my days now, uh, a lot of it's, there's no bookings, right? Like it's, but the reality is this, I'm probably still working the hours I was working, you know, five years ago when I was, you know, busting my ass in the gym. Um, and it's because of that, you know, like at the end of the day, sitting around for me, it's like, I still love what I do, you know? And I still, I like, I actually fucking don't, I, 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 the, for me, it's harder to sit around and do nothing, like because I'm just like I don't fucking enjoy doing that. You know what I mean? And it's just, and then there's also that intrinsic motivation, right? That has come probably for me. Uh, there's actually a few books that probably changed that for me, but also you know a combination of that and some some other uh, practices. But I would say that you know the intrinsic motivation there of being the best or being in that conversation is something for me that's like, you know, there's not a, I, I much prefer my days to be full, uh, you know, and, and full of what is, is the kind of, is the question I'm always asking myself, right. Is how can I, you know, we talked about it before. How can I get that three, four, five X? How can I start to spend my time, you know, just like I would invest money to get, you know, when I'm picking a, a stock or, or something like that, right? It's like my ability to choose what I, or my ability to choose what gets me the best ROI is based on what I did yesterday, right? What I learned yesterday, right? So how can I spend my time to get my, to get the best ROI? Uh, and, you know, like that's, led me to continuously chase my passions because the things I'm most passionate about are probably the things that are going to get me the biggest ROI. If I spend my time building my skill set, you know, my knowledge um, around that, that kind of aspect in a sense. Yeah. And that's like, it's a big thing for me. And a big thing that I talk to people now about is, is understanding, understanding your offerings at the time in which you can offer them. And right. And it's, and it's as you build a business, like understanding, like you said, the time money trade-off is when you want to start to 5X or 10X a business or, or whatever it may be to make it exponential is you have to understanding that your time, it's a sliding scale of the monetization of the time. When I had 40 hours available, that time was 
because of the supply and demand was really cheap. Like I just needed to make rent money. That time was cheap. Well, now I have three hours remaining. That time is more expensive to me on a personal level. So I want to fill it with a product that is more monetarily viable. But in order to do that, I have to come up with a product that I can service to create that value. So it's not like I can just go the same service is now a thousand dollars. Well, no, I have to now have an offering that is within that range if I want to then grow my business again, right? As your leverage decreases, you can charge more, but if you charge more, you still need to, you know, progress yourself. You need to, I guess, level up if you want to use cool words. It's really cool. We've got a metric that we track um, with all clients and it's something that we, we kind of teach in our course as well. It's called leverage growth rate. And basically what it is, is it's, it's, it's kind of like a formula. It's intrinsic hourly rate times hours worked yeah I used plus, ex- plus expenses right and then divided by revenue and basically it gives you this scale and you can literally get a gauge on on how much leverage you are either gaining but the best thing about it is that intrinsic hourly rate like the whole thing is it's subjective right it makes people actually question their value on time like it's so fucking crazy the amount of people we put this in front of and they're like well i don't understand this they're like, so are you talking about what I charge as a PT? And I'm like, no, I want you to fucking question every single day what time is worth to you because I can guarantee all you need to do in order to actually, like if, if, if you wanted to improve that scale or improve, um, you know, like what that number in a sense, all you literally have to do is increase your value on time, right? So, but as you increase that value on time, you now have to filter how you spend it right and that's the that's the biggest thing when we sat down and we're like okay like we think that the key to scale is leverage right so if we can teach people the concept of leverage through you know uh, in business terms then we can you know once they're at a point of scale if they understand how to navigate their way through business with this mindset then they, they can continuously grow their business and I was like, okay, the, the biggest thing here is value on time. So we're going to put an intrinsic hourly rate and we're just going to fuck with your head, right? Yeah. So that you understand and can start to filter the way you spend your time. Uh, and it's really interesting because a lot of people really have trouble with it at the start. But, you know, as you, you start to track it, you understand that as long as my value on time increases, right? then I start to filter the way I spend it. And that's literally the key to scaling a business because the more time you spend on things that are only going to get you an ROI of X, right? Then the the greater that your business will uh, be able to scale. So it's a really interesting, you know, how we got there with this conversation. But, um, you know, I think it just does, it, uh, it kind of does emphasize the, the importance of how you spend your time and then the correlation that has to the, uh, the I guess the income that you can generate yeah and it's interesting like I was having a conversation a few weeks ago with somebody and I was saying like I used to do um, I used to do like one hour consultations with people if they just had questions they wanted to run through a program or run through their own clients like case study and I was charging a hundred dollars an hour and I realized with where my business is at now I'm like I honestly do not need that hundred dollars I really don't. And the person I was talking to was like, Hey man, like you should never say that. Cause one day you're going to need the hundred dollars. And I was like, listen, if I'm at the position I'm at now and one day I'm going to need a hundred fucking dollars, 
I made some big fucking mistakes. Shame on me. Like if I can say right now that I don't need $100, I should never be in a position in the future where I really need it because I should be moving my business at a scale and leverage and pace that I can leave that behind. And it's not to say that I don't value what that person needs, but the return on investment of me taking an hour away from something else I could do is probably not beneficial to either of us. And I realized that when speaking with clients, because I need to charge a rate. And I tell this to everybody that I, I consult with, you need to charge a rate that motivates you to pick up the phone if that person calls you. Because if you look at it in the finance world, people in finance are motivated to pick up the phone when their client calls, when that client has massive leverage in the market. The less leverage the client has in the market, the less motivation that broker has to pick up the phone. And that's the thing is for clients who want more of me now in terms of FaceTime or in terms of contact, they need to have more leverage in the market, which is my business. So that I'm motivated to pick up the phone at 3.30 a.m., that I'm motivated to work past 6 p.m. or put down a book that I'm reading to pick up that phone and not do email check-ins, but do Zoom check-ins, right? So I think it's understanding your business in the same way. And I've understood now that clients have different needs and there's a sliding scale to the leverage that they have over me. Therefore that leverage needs to be monetized accordingly. Yeah. And I also think, um, I mean, like I'll go back to the start, right? That's a, it's, it is a dynamic beast because your relationship with money has so much to do with your ability to, you know, charge a certain amount. Right. So, but I definitely think it's important for people to understand that, um, your intrinsic that you know it's this intrinsic hourly rate like i just can't you know i can't emphasize how important this is right like it's like the intrinsic hourly rate is that leverage right and it's like if you don't consciously understand what that is or, or you're not focusing on it or, or whatever it can be extremely hard for you to make those decisions right it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to charge this person this amount. It's like, yeah, but you, you, you're only looking at it at the surface, right? You're not looking at the second and third order consequences that come uh, with, with that kind of, I guess, that value on time, right? And I think it's one of the biggest lessons that you learn. And, and probably for me, it's, it's one of the most important is that, understand and you know it's the same thing right like i, I kind of sit there now and i don't do consults like you know you'd be amazed at the amount of people that reach out to me and they're like hey man i just want a one hour consult and i'm like i don't do them right because guess what if i do do them you don't understand what i have to charge you and is that one hour actually gonna benefit you in the way that you think it is like you know most people are like yeah i just need one hour and i'm like yeah you know what you, you really don't like business and and you know a lot of the things that we're teaching you know one hour you think that i you know like in my head i'm like you think that one is i got here in one hour <laughs> do you know what i mean like you know like but that's that that's the kind of thing and i just think like i get it i do get it because people are probably looking they to get uh certain information and these kind of things but um for me yeah i just like it's one of the, it was for me it was the biggest lesson and it's like that intrinsic hourly rate for myself keeps going up but it keeps going up because the the more that intrinsic hourly rate goes up i know the more valuable my business is getting right and that's where you know you, you we look at the different strategies that you can grow your business whether it's through leveraging technology or whether it's through 
leveraging, uh, you know, human capital in a sense, right? Like people come bringing in, building a team, uh, uh, you know, even just the concepts that you're teaching, right? Like how, how well are they understood, you know, because the, the better uh, or the more digestible you can create uh, or make a concept, right? The, um, the quicker it is for someone to, somebody to learn. And that increases the, the value as well. So by me increasing my intrinsic hourly rate, and it's not something I just keep bumping up, right? It's like, it's something that, you know, continuously over time changes based on the growth of the company. And, and obviously, you know, the, the, the um, you know, the, the, the dynamic way that the company is growing, but that intrinsic hourly rate does play such a, a, a large role um, in your one's ability to uh, make progress in business. So with yourself, right, man, what's, cause obviously you've seen some, some pretty uh, astronomical progress over the last year. Right. So what's, what's one piece of advice that you would give, or, you know, some advice that you would give to somebody who's up and coming, uh, you know, in the industry as a coach, uh, especially, you know, with your experience over the last, say the last 12 months. But I mean, probably over the last 10 years, right? But like, you know, what you've seen over the last 12 months. Um, you know what? In a lot of ways, it's visibility. And I want to explain that a little bit more. Like I get, I get visibility and therefore capital and credit from being friends with Shallow and from being on this podcast with you. You know what I mean? Like sit around with like a couple of the goats. Like I obviously get the visibility through those channels very much so. But everyone has visibility in front of them that they neglect. And it's from, it's from not being visible on social media. Like people exist on social media and I don't know they're there. Like if there's one thing you notice about me is I never post to my feed ever. Like once a month, I'll put a post up. But every day I put five, six, seven, eight stories. Everybody who watches my story, I'm in the first four stories they watch every day. I'm one of the first faces they see when they wake up. One of the first faces they see when they go to bed. I don't need to exist in the feed. I exist in the story. And my temporal level of visibility is high. Now that that's leveraging, that's leveraging the capital I've already acquired. That's capital I have. These are followers that have already said yes to me once. I'm getting a second yes. Now in that story, if I offer a service, that's the third yes. Anybody here knows NLP, then you understand I got the three yeses, I gain a client. And people neglect the visibility they already possess. And a big thing I see right now. And I saw this in the commercial gym setting and one-on-one -on -one as well. It's not just a social media thing, but people are marketing themselves and building visibility as if they were to influence a third-party product, not as if they're the product themselves. And it's understanding, like, if I want to market this protein powder, I'm just going to get my face out there every day, and I'm going to talk about this protein powder and everything that it does. I'm going to read the nutrition facts. I'm going to mix it in a shaker cup, and every day I'm going to put this on display. Well, you're the protein powder and I don't need to physically obtain you to get the value from you. But if I follow you and you post the five best squat tips, how to program, how to squat, how to lunge, how to eat. And every day you post some high valuable content that I don't have to pay for that. I don't have to in some way donate back to you to get, then inherently you're marketing a business as if you're marketing a third party product and not if the product is a service. And really what you should be doing is you should be asking questions of people that stimulate them to pay you the social capital following you. And then for those that follow you, answer your questions in a story that exists temporally and at a high volume and frequency in which you're constantly getting these subjective yeses from people daily 
until you finally ask them a yes that matters. And I think there's just people out there that aren't, they're not capitalizing on the visibility they currently have. They're trying to create greater and greater visibility before they create engagement. Now, I would rather be the greatest influencer with the smallest footprint than the worst influencer with the biggest one. Like I have 4,000 followers on any given day, 400 plus of them will like a post, watch a story, participate in the Q and A. And of that 400, 51 of them pay me monthly on a recurring basis. It's a pretty good conversion mm -hmm. rate on social media for which I participate one hour or less a day in. So I think people neglect the engagement they have with the people in front of them. And that's something that's no different than what I saw in a commercial setting, right? Guys would be in the gym and they'd be sitting in the lunchroom or they would go out on the floor. And this is the greatest thing. I remember this when I worked at a commercial gym is people would go prospect for new clients and they would approach the most unfit, scared, hesitant person on the gym floor. I would walk out and approach the biggest guy in the gym because I'm going to approach the fit person because they've already bought in the barrier to entry, to start talking to them about being more efficient at something they love is low to talk to someone who's out of shape, scared, has no idea what they're doing and probably comes once a month. That person hasn't even bought into showing up. They're not going to buy into giving you any more money. It's the same thing with people on social media. Don't try and get a new follower who hasn't paid you anything. Engage with somebody who's asked you a question in every Q and A you've put up, liked every one of your posts, reach out to that person. They keep telling you they want to talk to you. And I, I think that's my biggest piece of advice. Oh man. Like, so, so, um, I'm going to cross over into business, right? Uh, like kind of deeper strategy business with this. Like, so um, it's funny, man. Like most people, like if you ask any, tra any trainer, any coach, like 90% of people will tell you that the biggest problem about their business is leads, right? It's yeah. like, Hey, what's, what's your biggest problem? It's leads. And it's like, no, that's the, that's the symptom, right? Like it's, you know, so the real, and, and kind of something that we talk about is, you know, when you, at any one point in time, you've got your own human capital, your own time and monetary capital to spend to get an ROI. And most people spend their time or what they think they're spending their time on, but really it's probably more than just their focus is pre-purchase, right? Yeah. Which is like everything pre-purchase, but they're forgetting about the golden nugget, which is um, post-purchase and, and purchase, right? So, you know, these are kind of your different touch points when it comes to your brand in a sense, but, and it kind of, this is where I see it kind of crossing over a little bit, but a lot of the time when you spend your time focusing on post-purchase, right? So if we look at, you know, what you're talking about on visibility and, and, you know, we're kind of more talking about social media, you've got pre-purchase, um, which is probably somebody who's not following you. And then you've got post-purchase, which is somebody who's already said yes, right? You put the time and effort into that post-purchase and start to reallocate your, your focus, your human capital, you know, your, your time and uh, your monetary capital as well. That actually creates your, your pre-purchase, right? So, you know, if we actually look at what grows an Instagram account or, or anything like that, it is that person who's already said yes, like they're the only person who can actually create that virality, that share in a sense, right? Like, you know, that's how you're going to grow at the quickest rate is if you can share something. And it's the same with business, right? Like if you look at the, at the, at the fundamental of what grows a business, most people 
and I'm going to try cross this over. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it well, <laughs> but I, it's kind of margin for me, right? Yeah. Like, you know, margins, that term, it's like, if I spend all my time on pre-purchase, I'm cutting into my margin. Right. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, think about the difference between getting a yes from somebody who's already bought in compared to getting a yes from somebody who hasn't. Right. So, you know, you going up to the guy in the gym, who's the biggest dude and working on him, like it's probably going to take you less time to win him over. Right. So that's margin. Whereas if you're spending time trying to win over the person who's, you know, uh, you know, they're scared, like, they're, you know, they're, they're uncomfortable, like, it's going to take you so much more time. So when it comes to that example, you know, time is your margin, you know, and it's the same thing in business, right? It's like, if you're spending all your money on pre-purchase, well, that's what we call advertising, right? So the best brand in the world is Tesla. Why? Because they, they spend $0 on advertising. So the way, you know, brand is Latin for margin, right? The better your brand the, the more margin you're going you're gonna to have within your business because you don't have to spend money on pre-purchase on your advertising. So kind of for me, that's where my mind goes when you say that is like, you know, there's a lesson there and, and there seems to be a pattern, right? Is that the best brands in the world focus heavily on purchase and post-purchase, right? So they streamline the sales process or maybe that is a consequence of having a better brand where, you know, there's a big difference between sitting down and having to sell someone for an hour for that for say a $1,500 price point and then clicking a button now, like that's the beauty of technology, but putting effort and time effort and, and focus into post-purchase and, and purely improving the product or service will actually generate a lot of free marketing. Uh, and, and that is, you know, when we look at brands, some, one of the things we teach in brand is that, is that, you know, if you can reallocate your capital, uh, both monetary and human into putting focus into just simply improving the product, right? Which is post-purchase and, and making that product something that uh, sells itself in a sense and then creating evangelists, right? That's the, that's the move that we're looking for that creates that free marketing. So it's interesting. You kind of talk about that with visibility because straight away, my mind goes across the business and kind of something that we teach is that, you know, we're in an industry unfortunately where business is taught by marketers and it fucking kills me right because you know the reality is the one thing that keeps getting more expensive and like what you're saying right is that if you're always focusing on more um before kind of putting that focus in uh into the the people that you've got um a lot of the time it's going to get more expensive right so and, and that's probably what we're talking about there is that most people are focused on, on getting more, more followers, more visibility by without focusing on the people that you're already visible to. And, and that's a lot in business as well is that, you know, the people that are saying that leads are their biggest problem probably just don't focus enough on their product or their service, right? They're just that, you know, because if you can get a product and a service to a level and you focus heavily on that, the innovation around it, the, the messaging, the brand, all of these, you know, just the service itself. Um, a lot of the time that'll take care of your pre-purchase for you. So it's a really interesting, um, I guess, you know, uh, crossover that, that, uh, that happened in my mind just then, but it's so true, man. And I think there's a, there's a big lesson in that. Um, all right. So I want to cross over to philosophy. Now, this is kind of just a question. This is something that I wanted to, to jump in and ask you. Um, is there two or three, I guess, uh, philosophies that you've read 
along the journey that have had the biggest impact on you? Uh, is there any, is there like two or three that come to mind that you could say that truly did change the trajectory uh, of you uh, as an individual? Not just, not just in business, but in life. Yeah, I think, um, I think the first one, I think I mentioned it on a, a podcast I did with Shallow, but the first, one of the first things I heard, I just, you know, in a life principle, I think you could cross this over to anything if you really wanted to, is my uncle asked me when I was young, if I wanted to have a million dollars. He was like, do you ever want to have a million dollars? And I was like, yeah, of course, who wouldn't want a million dollars? It sounds amazing. And he was like, okay, stop spending money. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, if you just stop spending, you'll accumulate it. You just got to stop spending. He's like, but if you keep spending, you could possibly never accumulate that because you can always spend more than you make. You'll never make a million. You just got to stop spending. And I think that comes from people as well. It's like, hey, you got to stop spending your time. You want more time, stop spending it. And in that case, like you said, that intrinsic hourly rate is like, tie that to the time that you waste. And it's like, do I, am, am I going to spend $150 on this task right now? Because if I could monetize this time, I could have $150, but I'm going to not monetize this time because I'm going to watch YouTube and I'll watch some other guy who's a contemporary of mine say something that I could say. And I'm intrinsically going to spend $150 to watch someone else make money when I don't. So I think that's the first thing I learned. Like if you want to start making money, stop spending it. And then I think another big thing I took from my, I, I guess I always think about in the back of my head is like Albert Camus in The Outsider says, uh, if death is inevitable, how does it, why does it matter how and when? And it's kind of like, what we achieve will be a consequence of daily best practices. So it's almost like what we achieve doesn't as matter as much as what we do each and every day. So I would rather come into each day with an intention that's a best practice and allow the consequence to be positive or negative as it lies. But the better my practice is daily, the more efficient I am, the result will inherently be more positive for me. But if I focus on some number six, nine, 12 months from now, that's not going to impact my daily best practices as much as actionable items daily that I check off a list. So am I going to make a million dollars? Sure. It's inevitable. I'm not going to spend, I'm going to work every day. It doesn't matter how and when it matters that every day I have a why that I go behind. So that's uh that kind of reminds me, that's like a little Ben Pekulski, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the, something that he would say. Um, but de definitely, man, I think um, I want to do, I actually want to kind of dive into that a little bit. Like there was uh, the, the kind of not spending money thing. Cause I think that can be a, I want to make sure that I think that can get taken in the wrong way as well. Right. Like it's like, you've, you know, there's a part of me that says you've, you do have to invest money, right. To, yeah. to obviously get it to work for you. So what do you, what's your, when you say not spending money, right. I think you, what you're really trying to say is how you spend money. Right. And, and what you spend it on. And, you know, you kind of made the correlation to time as well. Right. So it's like, a lot of what you're talking about there is, you know, how you spend it and what you're spending it on and the continuous uh, improvement of how you spend it based on that ROI. Yeah. And I think, and I think that comes from too, is tying something actionable, tying work to business development, right? And we see people often sit within this developmental stage of business where they're going to do it the best, right? I talk to people all the time about online remote coaching and they're going to do it better. I'm going to do it the best. I'm going to come out and be an online coach when I have the best system. 
well, what I'm going to do better is make money. So you do that, but I'm going to go monetize whatever product it is I have, and I'm going to let it, let it organically improve itself as my leverage improves and I feel more pressure on my back to get better. But I think people tie a lot of business development with no action. Like I'm going to make a website. I'm going to make all the, we see it on Instagram. It's probably the worst culprit. I'm going to have so much content. I'm going to have 1000 posts, tutorials, pictures of me with my shirt off, client transformation, something else, and a hundred posts in. And at no point is there a link or some kind of call to action to give you money for anything. It's like, be careful what you spend your money on. Like if I spend an hour drafting posts in Instagram, I'm going to execute tomorrow by DMing 100 people saying, let me train you. And when I had no money to pay my rent, I sat on Instagram and scrolled through stories and every person who squatted, I texted, let me train you. If you had a bar on your back, I was DMing you, let me train you. When am I going to train you? When are you going to bench three plates? When are we going to fix your squat? And I sat there, if I spent a hundred minutes on Instagram, I was trying to monetize all every single minute I spent. So, so what's your advice then to somebody who has a limiting self-belief around sending that message? Cause that's a, that's, that, that's for me, like the thing, right? It's like, you know, if you're not asking, it's because there's a limiting self-belief as to why you are not, or, you know, why you don't deserve it in a sense. Right. Cause like hundred percent, like that's, like a lot of the the biggest mistakes people make is around that you know they're not they're not asking for that uh you know to monetize yeah i think it's i think it's establishing facts versus stories right before you send that message you're going to tell yourself a bunch of stories why am i a remote coach why would this person buy coaching for me this person's going to tell me to shut up this person's not going to respond and at the end of all of those is essentially a binary response of yes or no everything's a yes and everything's a no there is no maybe there is no next time. So just establishing the fact versus the story is if you send it and they don't respond, it's the equivalent binary reaction to you never having sent the message. The worst case scenario is nothing yeah. happens. And guess what? There's probably nothing happening in your day anyways. Best case scenario, one of a thousand people on Instagram goes, sure, how much? And you make 200 bucks. And who? that's amazing. That's an amazing response. So I think when it comes to limiting belief, I think it's two things. Establishing facts versus stories and understanding the fact is if you inevitably do nothing, nothing will ever happen. And two, establishing within yourself, like, do you want to do this? Do you want to work on the internet? Because you want to be able to make exponential amounts of money. And like, if you have zero money in your bank account and you go, I want to be a remote coach. If your first goal isn't $10,000, then I highly suggest you get a nine to five that pays benefits that has a lunchroom that you go home at 3 p.m. every day because that's honestly the much better option. Because I think if the base level break even for you in the internet isn't $10,000 a month, I don't think it's the arena in which you participate because there's just people moving light years faster than you. Look at me, I can hardly type into Google Sheets. There's people with six apps and a YouTube channel and it's like a real, I don't even know what that is. And man, if I'm just barely keeping up, if you don't want to make 10K, you'll never keep up. So I think those are two conversations you really need to have with yourself. Yeah, we're going to, that's a, a really great way to wrap this up. And I think some great advice. And I think, you know, when it comes to 
you know, I kind of spoke, I actually wrote a post about this yesterday, right? It's like the only thing ever holding anyone back in business is their limiting self-belief, right? And it's like, you know, if you like, I, I, I kind of look up to Elon, right? Just because of how fucking crazy he is, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, how the fuck do you go from like founding Tesla and, um, you know, PayPal to then like trying to fucking fly people to Mars? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, for me, that just is the biggest lesson in business. And, you know, he also talks about, I think I forget the quote, but it's like, you know, uh, whatever your three-year goal is, try to achieve it in fucking 30 minutes or something. It was something wild like that, but it's it, it really is a truth, right? It's like, you know, the measuring stick for success these days probably is that 100K. It's like, that's what most people are striving for. And it's like, look, that's the fucking starting point. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Because if it's not, you're, you're gonna, you, you know, you're you're playing with the rest of the field. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and and you've got to have bigger goals. You've got to have bigger ambitions. Otherwise, you're not gonna. You're just not gonna accelerate quick enough to to actually get away from the pack. And and you know, twenty percent of the industry will have eighty percent of the market. Um, and it's gonna become demotivating extremely quickly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm motivated because. I'm motivated because 10 K already happened. And like, now I'm motivated by what potential there really is, but to wake up every day and do what you need to do to survive in this industry, to make $4,000, I will get any other job if that was the end of the day, you know what I mean? So I think it just comes again down to, like you said, it's that money time relationship and the leverage relationship of like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be the best. If I'm not, I'm going to let somebody else carry the risk. What the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm not here to fucking be the best, then what am I actually doing this for? Like, that's the the harsh reality. It's like, if you're just trying to survive, you only just ever survive. And that's not a fucking life I want to live. Because no. <laughs> I've fucking been there. And I've been, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that story I told you about fucking waking up at 3.15. It's like, that is the thing on the fucking on my shoulders every day that says, mm, if you're not fucking here to be the best, you're going to live like that for the rest of your life. And it's yeah, like, that's the thing. you know, when you... I don't want to, I don't want to fail on the public stage. You know what I mean? If I want to be, if I want to be mediocre, if I want to be average, I'd like to do it in private. If I'm going to be average in front of everybody else, I'd like to try a hell of a lot harder. Yeah. Like I'd, you know, I'd fucking delete my Instagram and I'd go get that yeah. nine to five. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right, brother. Um, I want to say a big thanks for joining me. Um, now let everybody know where they can find you. So, and, and, uh, website fucking instagram all that jazz yeah so uh you can follow me on instagram at killian.hamilton uh you can go to the link in my bio it will show you an access to all my services including a really user-friendly calendly to book an appointment to talk directly with me just like kyle just has um and from there you could also go to k2coaching.ca uh you can send me a message in the contact sheet if you have extra questions Otherwise, there is a services page that will outline all the offerings K2 has to offer. Awesome, brother. Definitely recommend uh, and check it out, guys. And to you, brother, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Kyle. All right, now we're going to bring it down a notch. We're going to bring it down a notch. The arena. This is something that, as I said, it's it's important to me. 
um, that you guys, and, and especially on my, you know, within my life, my goal isn't just to make money, it's to become the best possible person I can for the people around me. So I think developing character both, you know, can reward you within your business, but more importantly, it will reward you with relationships and experiences in life that, you know, will, will pay tenfold and, and become memories, which I think is also a really, really important part of um, development in life, right? So um, the arena is something that I developed to bring to you just something towards the end that would might give you a bit of an insight that just might change the way your day goes tomorrow, which is important to me. So today I want to talk about identity um, and how, you know, literally everything we do in life is about creating an identity uh, that gives others a perception of us in a sense, right? So, um, you know, every little thing that we do in life, every action, you know, as a business owner, as a, a brother, as a sister, as a cousin, as a friend, um, you know, as an individual, whatever we're doing, um, we're trying to create a particular identity around ourselves. That's a part of, you know, um, that's built into us as a survival mechanism because we, you know, um, you know, tribes is something that, you know, helps us survive. So whenever we're, you know, any action that we take is creating an identity and that identity is trying to create a particular perception that, you know, be, will be attractive to another human being uh, in a sense. Um, I have a little rule that I like to follow is that I like to really look at internal consequences rather than external consequences. And what do I mean by that is that, you know, I, I what and, and the way I think about it is I want to be extremely conscious of my actions in relation to how that's, a, or, you know, I want to be really conscious about my actions in relation to the identity that I'm trying to create, right? So whenever I'm acting, I, I want to question that action internally. And I want to, I want to, you know, mindfulness is a really cool skill that I think is probably the most important skill in the world because I think it can change your trajectory. But it also allows me in the moment to question why I'm doing certain things and, and my motive in a sense. And I think that's really, really important for many people because I think what most people do, they go through life just focusing simply on the external consequences. So if I lie to Susan, um, if I lie to Susan, Susan will get upset, right? But nobody focuses on what the lie does to you internally. Right, so um, are the actions, you know, are the actions that I'm doing that, that I'm, I'm I'm actioning on a daily basis, or you know, in that moment, to create the identity, to create that perception built on lies and untruth, right? And I think that you know, eventually we have to start questioning ourselves if if we are lying, right? Lies continuously have to be protected. Right, they, you know, to avoid destruction, to avoid being caught out, they have to continuously be detected. Which means that when it comes time to sever relationships, when it comes time to um, to 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 cover it up, and and you know, maybe you have to sever a relationship. That a lot of the time, when you go down that rabbit hole of continuously lying you literally have to sever that relationship and it will cost you relationships over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And even if it's just the smallest lie continuously, even if it's just something as simply as neglecting, taking responsibility uh, and, and the knowingness of that, right? Um, when, you are, when you've done something wrong or you've, you've, you've upset somebody or, or something of that nature, right? And, and again, this is an internal thing. Nobody outside can make that, that judgment, right? 
I, I want you to start to think about what what this does on an individual level, right? And I see people on Instagram all the time doing this. They're lying. They're just they're bending the truth, especially business owners. Business owners will bend the truth on Instagram simply to get leads, and and you know. They'll be saying one thing one month and then you look back six months later and they're talking about that period of time and it's just completely, you know, it's completely untruthful. Um, and, and, you know, you can literally see that by going back in people's feeds, right? But I think if you yell enough of these lies, the effort that it actually takes to main, maintain that, right? So think about the effort that goes to maintaining that lie over time and, and how draining that can be. I think if you want to have sustainable success in business, I think you've got to you've got to focus on internal consequences and internal truths, uh, and I think that making sure that you know it, it it is a actions to create an identity, like that's going to happen anyway. My message here is to be conscious of them. the The message here is to be conscious of your actions and make sure that they're built on truths, not untruths, because I think. That's what's going to allow you to sustain success over a long period of time. And that's what's going to allow you to, to stand up when you're challenged. Uh, so I just think that, you know, it's really important for people out there to understand and for you guys to understand that carrying the burden of white lies is unsustainable as a business owner. Um, and you should focus on building character. You should focus on building uh, you know, substance in a sense, and 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 that comes from being conscious of your actions and making sure that your need for status doesn't outrun your need for internal truths uh, and and peace of mind in a sense, because uh, otherwise, you know, the success will be unsustainable and it will bring you undone. Uh, and it's pretty sad because the bending of the truth on social media has almost become normalized. Um, because you know that's what social media does it gives everybody the platform to do so so my challenge to you is is to is to focus on internal consequences rather than external consequences of your actions uh, and to be conscious and to practice mindfulness you know and just to be mindful right to be and and to pay attention as to why you're you're acting a certain way and and autonomously and and consciously uh, so we're going to finish it there guys thanks for listening to the episode i hope you enjoyed it uh, and i will see you guys next week i just want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show uh, if you enjoyed the episode make sure you hit the subscribe button uh, feel free to share us share the episode with your friends and family and feel free to leave us a review as well uh, you know we all the support that we get for the for the show and especially now that we've revamped it uh, we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value it's definitely appreciated and if you have a question uh, for strategy sessions next week you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business or you just want some help creating some winning strategy you can shoot me an email at kyle at elitevitalitycoaching.com but I'll leave it there until next week stay safe stay, stay, safe, stay healthy Uh, and I'll see you on the other side.